Hey there, I'm Jason Gotts, and you're listening to Think Again, a Big Think podcast. Big Think is an online forum for the world's most interesting thinkers and doers to share mind-blowing ideas on video. Since 2008, we've shared over 10,000 of them. On the Think Again podcast, we surprise our guests and me, your host, with unexpected clips from these vast and mysterious archives, and then we talk about them. I'm here today with Henry Rollins, a guy who it looks to me like is pretty much doing exactly what he wants to do with his life. He's been lead singer of the band's Black Flag and Henry Rollins Band, toured the world as a spoken word artist, acted in Sons of Anarchy, published a few books of words and photography. A lot of people probably want to be you, Henry. Is that a bad idea? Uh, Yeah. I think it would be better if they were themselves. There's a lot of my life that is like yours and anyone else's, you know, incredibly unglamorous, unbelievably boring, and something that one, like, must suffer through. But I, I do, you know, I have some, some good days, definitely. You know, I saw you once perform many years ago. Uh, I was a student at NYU. It might have been 1992, maybe at Limelight. 92, we did play Limelight. And the only thing I remember from, I mean, I remember a general wash of awesomeness. I think it was the first time I had ever seen spoken word in any form anywhere. But the only other thing I remember is something you were saying at the time about dating women your own age. I just remember you kind of extolling the virtues of grown-up women as being, you know, a worthy intellectual companion. And And combatant. uh, I mean, you can... And combatant, yes. Yeah, you can be with someone who's not going to put up with, you know, whatever you're throwing across, who who just goes, no, 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 you're better than that, or I know you too well, don't even think that you're getting by with that. And have someone you respect call you on and go, wow, thanks. Thanks for caring enough to call me out. I live in Los Angeles, Hollywood specifically. I see stuff like that, where you see some old guy like me with like a 25-year-old girlfriend. I'm 54. Right. You know, yes, my girlfriend, you know, she, she lives with me. You're like, okay, uh, wow. Uh, I just wondered, you know, what do you all talk about? What's relevant in your lives together? That's, that's the part I'd never be able to understand. I mean, it worked in Harold and Maude, but that's probably an exception. Well, I think, you know, I think Harold uh, was really in need of, I, I think Harold needed some work. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay, so that was all preamble. Here's how this podcast works. To reiterate, our producers pick surprise interview clips from Big Think's archives. Our producer, Aaron, picked the first clip. What devilry have you chosen to inflict upon us today, Aaron? Okay, so I picked a clip featuring Dan Savage, and he's making the case that monogamy is ridiculous. So I was hoping this might ruffle some feathers. Right, and I have the email. I have it here in front of me. Should I open it? Yes, let us open it now okay. and see what's in store for us. Does society need to rethink yeah, its absolutely. views? We need to rethink love and commitment. You know, 60 years ago uh, was when we decided that men had to be monogamous too. Men were not monogamous for all of recorded human history. Men had concubines and whores. And 60 years ago, straight relationships began to become more egalitarian, and it was less of a property transaction. A marriage had been a property transaction for most of recorded human history. And it became a union of two equals. And at that moment, instead of deciding to, to allow women to have the same sort of freedom and leeway that men did, we decided to let men have the same limitations 
uh, impose the same limitations that women had. And we put monogamous uh, sexual commitment at the heart of all relationships, all long-term commitments, all marriages. And we have watched, uh, we should now be able to recognize the consequences of that, which are a lot of short-term relationships, a lot of divorce, uh, because monogamy is uh, ridiculous, and people aren't any good at it. We're not wired for it. We didn't evolve to be. It's not natural, um, and it pr places a tremendous strain on our marriages uh, and our long-term commitments to expect them to be effortlessly monogamous. Because what we've said is, if you're in love, you shouldn't, you won't want to have sex with anybody else. And what we need to tell people is that if you're in love, you can make a monogamous commitment, and you will refrain from having sex with other people. But you will still desperately want to fuck the shit out of other people. But people understand love means I don't want to fuck other people because of these misconceptions pumped into people's heads about romance, love, and what it means. And so they meet somebody else that they're attracted to and they're attracted to this other person. They go, well, I must not be in love with my partner anymore, otherwise I wouldn't be attracted to this person. Or they feel threatened when their partners are attracted to other people as if, you know, it makes them feel insecure. And we just need to get past that. And we talk about monogamy the way we talk about virginity. That you know you're monogamous until you fuck somebody else, and then you're not you ruined it. You popped your monogamy hymen and destroyed your monogamous relationship. We need to talk about monogamy the way we talk about sobriety, which you can be monogamous and fall off the wagon and then sober back up. You can monogamous back up and get back on the wagon. And the truth of the matter is that if you're with somebody for 40, 50 years and they only cheated on you a few times, they were good at being monogamous. Not bad at being monogamous. They were good at it. So I do think there needs to be some leeway. And a lot of really good, loving relationships are destroyed because somebody wants a little variety or isn't getting a need met and feels they have to step out and it explodes the relationship. I'm conservative. I think that we should do what we can to preserve marriages and long-term relationships. And one way to do that is to encourage people to have more realistic attitudes about sexual exclusivity. Okay. I think it's interesting. There's never been a relationship I've been in where I haven't looked at another female I found attractive and thought about what you know, would happen if dot, dot, dot. Right. And some of the women I've been with, they, they were looking to. I think Mr. Savage makes a, a point that some of our expectations are unrealistic. And the idea of monogamy is you are never going to want to be with anyone else. And I know I'm not married. It's never has ever occurred to me. But I know married couples where they go, yeah, you look, we talk about it, we laugh, but we have this commitment. And no one says it's going to be easy. And it's not, but it's a thing that you've committed to. And I really like that. And I do think he's right where we have, some people have these expectations. And the idea of losing your monogamy, like losing your virginity, not being able to get it back. I mean, that's why people can sit and talk. Like, okay, you slept with someone else. Why? Adults are very complex creatures. So let's talk about that and see what's up. Let's see what's going on because we do love each other or care enough about each other that we're not just going to storm out and never see each other again over something 150 million percent human. However, yeah. I'm 54, and at this point, if I'm going to be with the woman, that's it. I've, that's a commitment I'm going to make and stick to. But say I was dating a gal who said, okay, you were gone last week. I went back with my old boyfriend for the weekend. I'd say, okay, that's cool, and I'm out. 
And so that's basically me. I don't necessarily think monogamy is ridiculous. I think Mr. Savage can say whatever he wants. I don't think it's necessarily ridiculous, nor do I think falling out of the relationship and, you know, whoops, having that weekend, or not even it's a whoops, it's a, it's a human impulse. I don't even think that's ridiculous either. I think, right. I think it all happens, and it has to be down to the two people in that relationship to define what it is. I'm somebody that has been monogamously involved with someone for as long as I can remember since I'm heterosexual too and since I noticed girls and since you know a girl deigned to notice me back um, I've been in long-ish term monogamous relationships and I think when I was 16 or you know 20, I was a lot less comfortable with the idea that people in monogamous relationships would be attracted to other people and, you know, and could talk about it. And so like that just wasn't um, comfortable to me. Then I was involved with a woman who wanted to have an open relationship, which I did, and that worked out disastrously for me because I'm just not wired that yeah, way. Yeah, they I'm quite often it. do, where you go into it thinking, okay, I can handle <laughs> yeah. this, and it's cool when you might do it, and yeah. then when the other one does it, you're like, how dare you? you <laughs> right, <laughs> and exactly. And that's, that's not fair Exactly. Play. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really want to do that. Uh, I mean, I, you, we, it's a human impulse, as, as you say. Um, but I, you know, I would have been just fine being perfectly monogamous. But, you know, this was the agreement. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I guess it's all right. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, when, when, it, when it came her turn, it was disastrous. I mean, I was just totally, utterly yeah. devastated. And I learned something about myself, which sure. is that, hell no, I'm doing that again, kind of thing ever. And I don't think, you know, humans are necessarily any way. Like, right. it, it could be very well that you, you might favor monogamy. And what does that do to um, something chemical, the way you were raised? Who knows? And really, I don't think it's a point worth pursuing in that right. if you feel it, that's all the truth, for, as far as I'm concerned, that you need. And so having a, a being with another person who says, you know, I'm going to cut out on this for a week and go right. meet this waiter at the, uh, at the restaurant. And you're like, I, whatever you're feeling at that moment, that would be the truth. When I was 20-something, I was living on the road almost all the time. Right. Might have a girlfriend that I'd see every once in a while, just from the, my job occupation. And... You can call me whatever you want, but I was not faithful. <laughs> you, if I, if there, you want to use the word adulterer, well, I did all that. I don't know if she did. She said she didn't. I'm not accustomed to her as a liar. We're still friends. Um, right. But I know I did. And she asked me, and I told her, and she was really, really hurt. And when I saw the amount of hurt that I caused, you know, I, I have no defense except I'm a young, hormonally raged, broke man on the road and some of the only, <laughs> you're not getting paid, you're not sleeping in a nice place. Some of the only thing that wasn't an ashtray getting thrown at your head was some gal your own age saying, hey, 
you know, come on over. And you're right. young and you're just incredibly alive. And you go, well, okay. I think it is a really interesting topic. I have found that my whole thing on it has changed as I've gotten older. In that I, I want to be with why you. Why do you think that is? Like, why, why do you think it's changed? Because I have less time for BS, yours or you know, any, someone else's, but mainly I'm really tired of my own. <laughs> and to be with someone like me and a woman, it would have to be a friendship first. And the friendship gotcha. would be the most important part because the biological part, the physical part, that's almost a given, like with two adults. I mean, you're, you hang around long right. enough. You know, you're going <laughs> to find yourself like, whoops, my pants fell off. And so all that's going to happen. And the, years ago, I went out with a woman. We both kind of went, look, I find you attractive. And she said, I find you attractive. I said, good, great. Well, we got that. So let's not run into this because we could easily be naked in about two and a half hours. I mean, we could do just the normal adult, you know, thing that people do. I said, and that'd be nice, but how about we do something crazy and old-fashioned? Like, let's get a rapport, because we like each other. And I said, look, let's just, you know, share some jokes and get some miles. And we can get to that, unless one of us gets plans on getting hit by lightning or a streetcar. <laughs> and we, we, we didn't hurry into it. In fact, I said, look, I'm a guy, you know me, we're always hungry. You call it, because I'm ready, you know, because I'm a guy and I'm an <laughs> right. idiot. But you call it, and when you're ready, I'm, I'm ready. And she said, cool. And we didn't even talk about it until she said, I'm coming over. I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. But I really like the idea that both me and this one woman, we both went, okay, we're, we'll get there, and it'll be great. But it might be greater if we have something that's actually analog. Right. It's something that's not just based on, you're hot, you're hot. And, and like I said before, I live in Los Angeles. There is so, well, any city, I guess, there is so much of that in this city. Like if you sleep with that person, you get to do a casting call test or you get to, <laughs> right. and there's so much of that operative sex is commerce or to get right. you into some kind of fast lane, you don't always know if you're having a relationship that is meaningful or one that is just to someone's advantage. And I've been with one who just said, you know, bluntly, look, can you get me somewhere? Like, wow, uh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing up in my mouth, but thank you for your candor. If people are being honest with each other about what it is that they want, if someone goes to someone else and says, can you get me somewhere if I sleep with you? And the other person is like, yes, I can. And then they do that. Then, all right. Adulthood is trippy. You know, it, it makes being young almost quaint and naive by comparison. And, yeah. and I think in a way, That's right. as you break into adulthood and kind of go around that particular track, lap after lap, if you're not careful, you can become somewhat damaged. You can become cynical. You can think, well, everyone's like that woman I just ran away from. They all want something. And I would hate to live like that, where I had to suspect everyone, couldn't trust anybody. And I'd rather get burned or ripped off or somehow disenfranchised because I trusted someone and was not a good judge of character, rather than suspecting everyone and always being in that mode. 
And, and, and people have said to me, they, they, they say, man, you are a really trusting person. Like you should, you need to button that up a little. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to get my core hardened like that. I, I just don't yeah, want to see but, the end of things at the beginning of everything. Well, and again, I feel like if you're going to sell your soul, at, you know, like I, I'm not... I'm not that into it. I don't necessarily want to know you. But if that's what you're going to do, you should know that you're doing it and you should know what the consequences are. And then, and then sort of more power to you. Go do what you want to do. It's a shame, you know, from my perspective. But, right, but, because that person... You know, that's your choice. You ...will know. find someone else who will buy that for a dollar, as they say. And there, on the note of selling your soul for a dollar, we're going to have to leave it for now because this conversation with Henry Rollins, or uh, more like a monologue by Henry Rollins, punctuated by occasional interruptions from me, lasted for around 90 minutes. Two more awesome segments with Henry are coming soon on Think Again. And now, it is time for the random quote generator. I'm going to do the honors this time because uh, we'll save Henry's for a later episode. Okay, I'm pushing the button now. Okay, so the quote of the day is, A penny saved is a penny to squander. Ambrose Bierce. And that's it for Think Again, a Big Think podcast for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Think Again. And please join us next week when I talk with the amazing Wendy Suzuki, neuroscientist, about subjects veiled in secrecy until then. 